0: guys so i saw a video recently on instagram and it said if a man well it was this girl talking if a man was to fly you out let's say it's like a guy you're just talking to you guys aren't dating let's say he was to fly you out to like greece or something do you think he's expecting more than just a vacation so like do you think he's expecting a physical i don't want to say it <laughs>
1: Intimacy, <laughs>
0: physical intimacy. Do you guys think that he's expecting it because he paid for the whole vacation?
1: Well, I'm assuming that that's what he flew you out for. Aside from what, aside from unless like if it's like platonic, if it's just like a uh, quote casual. unquote casual, if it's casual, um, I feel like he is expecting that. Okay, what, what friend, quote unquote, would fly you out? Actually, let me
0: make it more difficult. What oh, if you then. guys have never done that before?
1: And he's flying you out and you guys are friends? Yeah. A hundred percent I'm assuming that (laughs) that he's expecting that. Would you? Would I? Hell no. (laughs) If he wants to fly me out, that's fine. But I'm not doing shit unless
2: I want to. Okay. I mean, if you want to pay
1: for me, sure.
2: I'm expecting
0: ass. (laughs) You? (laughs) Now would you treating the man like a piece of ass? (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> that's how he's treating me if he's flying me out, so I'm going to treat you the same okay, way. Okay, so
0: your understanding is that he is expecting that. Yeah, but uno reverse card. I'm expecting it. Okay. I'm on the same boat as Diana. I know you are. I'm going to get what I want. Th- I think I'm just ugly. Like Diana says, I'm going to get my lick or whatever. its <laughs> I'm like, going to get my lick back. Exactly. Mm-mm. I think <laughs> it's just it's just how you are.
1: Yeah, no. Unless I want it, I'm not giving you shit. You could fly me out, though. You could take me anywhere you want. Wow.
0: Oh, well, whoever's listening, um, that was Ileana, so just know, <laughs> she loves Iliana a good vacation. They're not giving up anything. Nope. Except her time to go and to the vacation. Of course. Oh my God. Well, I'm glad we all have different views on that. Well, wow. Ileana does. Anyways, I guess we should start now. I just had to ask. <laughs> so guys, welcome back. This is episode two. I'm Julie. I'm Diana. I'm Ileana. Welcome back. Let's get into it. So today we're going to be talking about things as self-love, forgiveness, and all the soft things, all the soft girl era things. Soft girl era
1: things.
0: (laughs) Your favorite. My favorite time of life. Um, So I think we want to start with speaking of self. So a lot of the topics, and I kind of will preface this by saying we're each going to be talking about a different type of self-love or self-hate in a way. Um, So I think we're going to start with Diana speaking on self-sabotaging. So I will pass it over to Dee. Hi, guys. So
2: um, the things that we're going to be talking about today uh, do hit differently for each and every single one of us. Um, Something that I know that I struggle with a lot is uh, self-sabotaging. And I feel like that can go also um, with the self-fulfilling prophecy. A lot of people don't know what that is, so I will just do a little quick Google search. And per Google, the self-fulfilling prophecy is the psychological phenomenon of someone predicting or expecting something, and subsequently, the person's resulting behavior aligned to fulfill the belief. I feel like I am the queen on this because I feel like, you know, people always say, you know, you make up these things in your head. And you know, I always get a little defensive when someone tells me that, but if I look at the bigger picture, I do. You know, there's a lot of things that I make up in my head that I sabotage to come true. Um, this has definitely impacted a lot of my relationships. Um, has impacted things with my family, um, with my friends, and even with myself. Like I convince myself that I'm a lot of things that I'm not. So it hurts a lot sometimes, but um a lot of therapy has helped me trying to navigate not convincing myself things that are not there. Something that I was trying to just research more on, like, how I can relate to this is there are two types, I guess, of prophecies that one can fulfill, which is the negative and the positive. So a positive one is, you know, that self-imposed prophecies occur when, you know, your own expectations influence your actions. And a negative one is other imposed prophecies occur when others' expectations influence your behavior. I feel like me. I feel like I can definitely relate to both. But I think one that I really like relate to is like the self-imposed prophecies occur when your own expectations influence your actions. Because again, um, everything that comes into my head, everything that I put myself to and everything that I think to myself, I just literally put into action. You will it into existence. Yes. Like I literally manifest it into existence. And then You know, the other person obviously cannot see or cannot like go through my point of view. But it's like I literally it's so bad of me, but like I feel like I can definitely manipulate someone to think exactly how I'm thinking it. To see your picture. Yeah. And if they still think it's wrong, I can literally have that power to make it seem like, no, what you're doing is incorrect. You have to see my point of view so you can understand me. And at the end of the day, I'm manipulating that person to think how I'm thinking and whatever they're thinking is wrong.
0: Guys, is Diana the role manipulator? (laughs) (laughs) But again, this
2: happened before. Like, a lot of therapy has helped me, like, navigate through this. I'm not sure where it came from. I feel like everyone actually maybe has a little small part of that in them.
1: Um, Everybody has that little voice in their head that tells them, like, otherwise. I guess there's
0: different levels of it. But to Diana's point, she has, like, the full-blown extreme self sabotaging like personality type of thing. Had. Had. Yes. Yeah, We're Had. working through that. <laughs> no, that's actually I was gonna ask, do you feel like that's something that someone can completely heal from? I don't know. I mean everyone's different. Um I feel like if
2: you don't really have the help or you don't really have the convincing of others and yourself to really like bring yourself down from that like high, then um I don't know if you'll be able to fully heal from it or move on from it. Luckily for me, like, I kind of see myself getting to that point where I'm just like, okay, you know what? I need to stop. I need to Yeah, I need to stop. Need to stop. I, yeah, you catch stop. yourself. Oh, 100%. Like, the other day, I caught myself doing it. I'm just like, and I felt such a manic high that I was just like, oh, my God. Like, this is, It was. I was scared. I was terrified. Like, I had to take my anxiety myself. I was just like, I need to, like, relax. Because my mind was like, oof. I think that also... Something that I struggle with is the fact that I act upon it and it like distorts my reality. It's really scary sometimes and I don't want to do that because, again, it just it not only affects me, but it affects everyone else around me. Something that my therapist told me is like, you know, feelings are not facts, but I believe that my feelings are facts. I really believe that. And I was like, if I'm feeling this, it's because it's true. And if it's true, I have to act upon it. Because if not, then I will drive myself crazy.
1: Yes and no. I kind of see both sides. Again, I think it has to do with like that little man in your head saying that this is true. Mm -hmm. So feelings might not always be facts. Because what if it's that little voice in your head that's telling you, yes, it is.
2: But in reality, it's not. Yeah. That little voice would literally drive me insane.
0: I think this is all a matter of convincing. And you mentioned the word convincing because what Diana was saying was, she will convince herself that something is real, something is happening, to then convince someone to see mm-hmm. that. And then now you're kind of like on the other side of things, convincing yourself that these things are not. Yeah. So I feel like it's literally a mind game. Yeah. And, like, I, 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 and
2: that right there just ties in to sabotaging every single little thing in my convincing. life. It's a mind game. It's literally like so scary. And I thank God that like I'm moving past it. and I'm trying my best to not do that. But I feel like when you're in the moment, you don't have an escape. You know, you have to let those thoughts and you have You've to let those you manipulated yourself. Yes. So, luckily I'm getting a lot of help on it. I'm actually like, you know, not trying to do that as much and I actually haven't. Um, You know, I'm not saying that's not a struggle but, you know, I feel like I think about it, everything I've done in the past to so the people that I love and I care about and I feel so guilty. So, the guilt is definitely something that consumes me so, so, so much. And, you know, whoever's struggling out there with that, like, you know, self-sabotaging and like, you know, moving on from it. It is something very, very hard to do, but it's not something impossible. You know, get the help that you need, you know, and if those thoughts are coming to you, let it come to you. Let it process it, but don't act upon it because you don't want to end up like little crazy old me. Don't let it
0: become you. You don't want
2: to go like crazy old little <laughs> me that got to go to therapy every week. <laughs>
0: But you brought up a really good point about guilt and I feel like it all ties into someone feeling self guilt. Mm-hmm. So that's a good point. And we're gonna move to Ileana next. Guilty.
1: So, so I feel <laughs> like <laughs> I feel like before when I was younger, I used to be like queen of throwing myself pity parties mm-hmm. and like feeling my guilt and, and just like living in that. Until I realized how disgusting that is and how much of a bad habit disgusting. That, it's wow. disgusting. <laughs> I hated that about myself, especially now as I'm older looking back um and I feel like a lot of that stemmed from just me growing up. although I had a, a very healthy um childhood, I felt like um I guess the dynamic in my family and me feeling like I had to assume a lot more responsibility and even if I was the younger, child, the youngest child, I had to act as if I was the oldest one. Um, And I had to assume assume a lot of responsibility. So a lot of my guilt stemmed from like, these expectations that I set for myself, and all these goals. And although I was like, very adamant on like, um, achieving everything that came to my mind, the moment I wasn't able to achieve something, if it didn't go as planned, then I'd kind of just like, throw myself a pity party. And I kind of just feel bad for myself and just like live in that for a while yeah um but I think like through those lessons it kind of carried on into like my teenage years and I realized that it's okay to deviate from your from your plans it's it's you don't have to throw yourself a pity party that's life I mean nothing is linear I mean you're you could be thrown like shots left and right but it's really like what you make out of it um do you guys relate to that at all I know you guys have siblings,
0: so. Yeah, I feel like, especially, like, my brother and I, it's just us two. I feel like I was always, well, I guess it's kind of opposite of you in a sense. Like, he's always been looked at as the perfect child. But no no shade, bro. I love you. But uh, (laughs) I feel like I've done things the more right way. Like, in the ideal world, go to school, get a career, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like I, quote, unquote, did things by the books. Where he's still doing good for himself, but we kind of did things differently, but he was still looked at as the golden child. Mm-hmm. So I could definitely relate to that.
2: And how about you, Dirty? I know my that- three crazy-ass sisters. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah, I definitely um, relate to it. Because even though, you know, one of my sisters didn't go to college, but she did, you know, make something of herself. And my two younger sisters are going to college. Like, that still doesn't mean that I feel like I was good enough. You know, mm-hmm. I always felt like I had to prove myself. Oh, yes. A hundred percent. And it it's like, you know, always. it's always just been, you know, I've never really had the feeling of like just one sibling and then doing it all. Like I have a lot of siblings, but it doesn't stem away from how I felt when, you know, I had to be there for them. I was, you know, helping them with school, helping them get into college, helping them like, you know, my sister giving her giving her motherly advice. when You were always a go-to. Exactly. And it's just like nothing... Will ever feel as guilty as not being good enough for them, even when you have tried your best to prove them
0: completely. While well, still trying to prove to yourself mm-hmm. that you can do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to tie into
2: your point, Liana, yes, definitely. But I also feel like you, because I know you, and what well, we both know you, I feel like you punish yourself sometimes for not being good enough, or when something is that when something doesn't go as you planned you still throw yourself a like, pity party sometimes. I think and you always was- try to cover it up like, life is great. Life is good. Life is amazing. <laughs> and it's just like, you're right, it is. But it's okay to feel whatever it is that you're feeling that's opposite of life is good.
1: But I think I do that to will myself out of that headspace of throwing myself a pity party. Yeah, true. So I, I do that very intentionally. as Like before, I'd never, like I used to literally sit in my misery, revert into myself, although I still revert into myself, but... I am very intentional with kind of willing what I want out of this world. When you
0: speak out loud.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I always, always do that. And I'm very adamant about that. Again, um, having that pity party is absolutely gross. (laughs) Um, um, I think another thing that I dealt with growing up, it was a lot of like, comparing myself to like my peers yeah. and i'd look at where somebody else was and i and just like no hate at all but i i just think to myself like why can't i be there you know like what is it about me that's not good enough to be where where they are or whatever stature they, they're they at but at the same time like i don't know what's going through their head yeah true. they could be living their best life from what i could see oh they could want your life Yeah, but they might not be happy, you know? So that's another thing. And I think that kind of ties into my, like, adult life with my whole thing with my career. I started my master's program a couple years after I graduated with my bachelor's. And I feel like when I was going through, like, my school processes, uh, the people around me, a.k.a. you guys, you guys were kind of, like, just set in your careers and... As opposed to like when I was younger, I'd look at that and I'd kind of wish the same on me. I kinda like turned a, a a page and I was exceptionally happy that I had people around me to look up to, you know, um, career-wise and whatnot. So I think that's something that we all all struggle with, you know, like that guilt. And we just have to learn how to stay positive despite rejection and and in, in, when we're faced with rejection and when our plan is deviated, we have to, instead of looking at it like, oh, this happened to me, think mm-hmm. about like, oh, this happened to me. What can I get from that? What can I learn right. from this? How can I apply this moving forward to avoid this happening again? Yeah. Just take it as a learning lesson.
0: And the way I see it, too, it's like I've kind of like in the past few years, I've told myself like, oh. Instead of like, why did this happen to me? Kind of look at it positively because maybe things happen for a reason. And I live and die by that Mm -hmm. quote. Like, it happens for a reason. So it's like I always tell you, like, maybe your line of career or the path that your life has gone into, like, maybe it's for a reason. And I feel like I've always been like that, too, where I compare. And there's always someone doing better than you and Mm always someone doing worse than you, right? So I always try to, like, remind my friends, my family, like, you're literally not in the worst place that you were before. Like every bad thing you go to go through will not be the worst thing you go through. Like I live 100%. by that. Yeah. So, yeah, like sure. you will always have someone that you look up to and then someone's actually always looking up to you. Mm-hmm. So even if you're not in the career that you want or you're not in the place that you want, you want more. Everybody yeah. wants more unless you're genuinely not driven. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's OK. Like, I tell you guys all the time, like, Mm -hmm. today, I don't want to do anything. I'm going to sit on my couch. I'm not going to go to the gym. I'm going to eat a pie of pizza. And you're not going to feel bad for yourself. Well, I will feel bad after eating all that bread. But but, but (laughs) but in
1: the moment,
0: you're going to In the moment, I will not feel bad because, like, it's okay. Like, we work hard, and it's okay to just sit down and do nothing for Mm -hmm. a day. So,
2: it's okay. Setbacks
0: are opportunities. Oh,
1: yes. For sure. I just wish younger me would have understood that the way that I do now. But it's okay. It's called growth. Oh, yeah, We're
0: um, healing every uh, day. Healing, of course. for sure. <laughs> so, speaking of healing, I think I want to talk about healing. Mm-hmm. So, and I guess since we were already talking about the career aspect of things, you guys know, and for our listeners, you guys know, I, I always kind of talk about my career and the path that I've taken. So... I feel like one of the things, and obviously you guys know what imposter syndrome is, because I feel like everyone kind of goes through that. I've lived through that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I kind of got this from Ileana, too. I was like, it makes sense, because I always told her, like, Ileana, what are you talking about? Like, you don't have that. But everyone goes through that, because sometimes you just don't believe in yourself. So for I feel sure. like for me, that's kind of been a healing aspect for me, is accepting that I'm actually good enough. Um career wise. Right. So at my previous job, I was in this role. I was like, all right, I'll take it. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm gonna figure it out. And you're kind of like on autopilot. Mm -hmm. You're just going through the motions of the job, literally black and white. What are my responsibilities? And just doing it, talking to clients. But it wasn't until I got this new opportunity a few months ago um, that I was like, wait, like I'm actually where I'm supposed to be. Things feel right. You know, this is real. Like it's tangible. I can make it what I want. And it actually feels good to be in tune with your mind, your body, with what you're doing day to day, because nobody wants just a job, right? Everybody wants a career. Yeah. So just having that feeling and being grateful that I had the opportunity to stay here and not feel like I have imposter syndrome anymore. Yeah. Um, because like it feels real. Like it feels like I'm learning, I'm impacting people. Mm-hmm. My job. I'm impacting others. So you feel
1: fulfilled. I feel fulfilled, yeah. I think that's the most important part. That's a
0: good feeling. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. a very good feeling. So I think that's, and it may not make sense, but to me, I feel like I've healed that aspect because I struggled with that before. So it's a part that I kind of like close that door and I'm like, I'm done. Moving on. I will believe in myself type Mm -hmm. of thing.
1: And, you know, when you feel that fulfillment, even if it's just a part of you, like your job is a part of you, it kind of it transcends into other aspects of your life. Yep. Like, you can tell, like, if you're in a crappy job environment, if you're not happy with one aspect, you can tell, like, everything else, so that like, falls apart. Yeah. But this one, I literally just see you glow, like, these past few months.
0: And it's crazy because everyone kind of picks and chooses the larger percentage of their life. So for me, I feel like my career, my job is a big chunk of my life and then my family and then my friends. Like, for Diana, it may be her dog. Like, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) everyone everyone chooses (laughs) what's most important in their life. And I feel like that's it for careers for me. But Ileana mentioned a good point that it kind of trickles down to everything else. So with that being said, I want to mention relationships. Um, I feel like the past few years, I kind of been, you know, in relationships or I break up and then I move on to the next one. I've never given myself a break. I've never given myself time to really believe that I can love myself physically, emotionally, mentally. So I was looking for, I wouldn't say validation, but I was looking for that love from someone else. And obviously that can stem from my childhood, how I was loved before, et cetera. But I wasn't loving others the way that I wanted to be loved and vice versa. So I feel like the moment I started realizing This is how I want to be loved, so I need to love myself first this way by bettering my health, physical, mental, emotionally. I needed to just be a better person, a.k.a. my soft girl era. Mm -hmm. I needed to stop being a bitch. First and foremost, (laughs) yes, I said it. (laughs) No, honestly, because I feel like... I'm glad you said it. (laughs) (laughs) Facts. (laughs) I feel like that negative energy that I had before, even with my previous job, it kind of trickled down to my attitude and the way I reacted to things and people. So now that I'm in a better place with that, I'm also (laughs) in a better place with loving. No, why are you laughing? I'm being so serious.
1: (laughs) No, because I know it's true.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I'm in a better place with how I love and just in general. So Mm -hmm. I feel like when the time comes and I'm in my next relationship, hopefully last, Jesus Christ, um, (laughs) I will be able to love correctly because I've learned how to love myself correctly.
1: And... I told you, I think it was, like, around Julie's birthday. I don't remember what it was, but she had told me that she apologized to somebody. And that is completely <sighs>
0: Whoever unlike, that was, you that got is, a good piece of me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is completely unlike... You're not saying that you're not a forgiving, but you've kind of forgiven silence. And you kind of just brush shit under the rug. But, girl, I was very proud of you for that. And I literally told you that.
0: Yeah, and I'm still apologizing. I feel like I it feels good when I'm like, and let me tell you something. Actually, with Ileana the other day, I don't know what we fought about. We didn't fight. I didn't fight about anything. Oh, this was actually on vacation. Yeah,
1: I didn't fight about anything. You were being a bitch. <laughs>
0: right. Anyway, so I guess, cut my part short, I thought about it in my head so many times. I was like, no, I'm not going to say sorry. Like, why? Like, it wasn't my fault. Fo- whatever. I was so conflicted, and I was like, Julie, remember who you have been the past few months say sorry, apologize. And I did, and everything was great. Mm -hmm. So to my point, I feel like I'm like 95% healed of a lot of the things I feel like were clouded over me and just keeping me this dark, like miserable person. Mm -hmm. I feel like now I'm executing. (laughs) You're seeing the light. Yeah, I'm executing my glow, my happiness, my soft girl era. And I'm hoping that it kind of trickles down to my friends and family, I guess, to end it there. But anyway, um, you said forgiving. So let's talk about forgiveness real quick. Okay, let's do it. First of all, I'm so happy for you guys. I'm happy for you for saying
2: sorry, because I can only imagine how how hard that was for you. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you actually accepted that, because I know, I feel like this topic that we're going to talk about forgiveness, I feel like that's something that I think me and you struggle a lot with. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like with Julie, it's not struggling to accept it, it's struggling to say it hmm. So for me, um, forgiveness, it's a very complex term. Yeah, because I was talking to I was talking to my therapist about it before because it's something that I really wanted to bring up. And I was like I was telling him, I was like, I don't think I know how to forgive or I don't know what forgiveness is like. You know, everybody paints this picture that forgiveness, like, you know, you should forgive for yourself. Um, You know, you don't have to forgive the other person, but forgive for yourself. You're probably never going to receive an apology, like all that stuff. And it's just like saying that to me is like hearing in a different language because like that to me, like it still doesn't make sense. Like
0: comprehending.
2: It's not because it's like, you know. I understand, like, you know, general things, like, oh, I ran you over with my bike. I'm sorry. Like, you know, please forgive me. Like, you know, that's something that, like... Her, yo, her dark humor. <laughs> Jesus. Like, I feel like that's something that, okay, you should say, like, sorry about or whatever. But I feel like if you... Know intentionally that you are going to hurt someone, like in that keyword intentional, mm-hmm. I think that's the thing that I'm struggling with. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, why would you intentionally want to hurt someone? Why would you intentionally want to do that? You know that you are going to cause pain to this Ooh, person, yes. Yes. and then you mess up, you're like, oh my god, like, you know, I messed up, and I want to say sorry for the person. You expect me to accept that forgiveness, that sorry, that apology or whatever it is that's coming out of your mouth. When I know that behind that action, you were intentionally trying to hurt Mm -hmm. me. How do you forgive someone for that? Like, how do you move on from it? How do you like, I don't know, like accept it. And I feel like that's something that like, I feel like that's something that I just struggle with. It's just like, why would I want to move on from that? Why would I want to do like that? You just showed me who you are. Mm -hmm. and you can go to the end of the world for me you can do whatever it is that you want but it's like the fact that you purposely wanted to do this to me just shows me that like how can I move on from that Mm -hmm. you know how can I look at you in the face and just be like oh it's okay and then you want to tell me oh I'm sorry what does that mean like you know like what does that mean like how do you how do you want me to accept that you know Mm -hmm. and i feel like maybe it's not that i don't know how to forgive i just don't know how to accept in order for me to forgive
1: yeah and not to see the person in a different light so that's another thing but i guess to answer your question i want to preface this by saying that i do agree that forgiveness is for yourself it's not for the other person um i feel like previously like back when i was a teenager when i was a kid i would forgive constantly and even if i wasn't at fault like i would let things go but as i've gotten older i've kind of held on to things a little bit more like things have a little bit more depth um than what they did previously and i know i know it could be conflicting we're expected to let go you know let go forgive but absolutely not i can't and i think again forgiveness it is for yourself just like Maya Angelou says. I don't That's believe why, that. that yeah, you got to forgive. Forgiveness is for yourself, girl. You got to think about
2: it. I'm literally thinking about it and I thought about it the so, whole time when you first brought it up yeah. and it's like not there. Like it's not clicking. And I, I don't always, get it. I always bring just this for, up. So you. listen. Thank you.
1: Okay, before you for, you forgive somebody, you're angry with somebody about something, right? Right. When you are in the process of forgiving, you let go because you don't want to hold on to that anger. That anger, at the end of the day, it's eating you alive every single day that's in the back of your mind. It's hard to forgive when the reason that you you were angry in the first place is with you night and day. Like, if you have to see them. I could give an example. When a couple years ago, I lived outside of my immediate household, and I didn't have to see a certain somebody every single day. And distance makes a heart grow fonder. And I learned to see things in a different light. And my anger turned into sorrow for them. I felt bad for for the the shit that they must be going through in their mind to cause them to act a certain way. I know that the reason that they act the way they act is not because of me. It's because of something that they're going through.
2: I told you that. Yeah.
1: So Mm -hmm. I kind of like tied everything together and it just makes sense. So if you really think about it, Forgiveness is for yourself. You're gonna drive yourself crazy, holding on to that anger.
2: I can't do that. I want to ask you guys something.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Growing up, let's just say your 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 family, your your mom and your dad, mm-hmm. when they would do something wrong, like it could be anything towards you, would they apologize?
0: Hell no. They still don't.
2: I feel like I never got in. I've never
1: had a reason. I I can't relate. <laughs> I always got along. With my parents.
0: Okay,
2: so I think that's the reason why I feel like me and Julie see forgiveness as something different. Because for me, for example, when my dad and and my mom, specifically my dad, when he would like do something that I know is wrong, like morally wrong, he would never say sorry. What he would do is just like, okay, let's go out to eat, or like he'll mm, he would literally dismiss up. the forgiveness mm-hmm. or the apology that he needs that he knows like you you know you need to do to your daughter, mm-hmm. you know. He like let's go out to eat, or he'll buy me things, or he'll mm-hmm. like he'll completely dismiss the fact of like his action and do something else to cover it up. Okay. So that's why growing up, it's just like I never really felt comfortable with like forgiveness. Like when someone says sorry to me, I literally am just like stop saying it sorry because no like I it. literally do not believe you. Like I do not care. You can roll over in your grave five thousand times, and I still will be like oh, no. But do you realize? That the exact thing that
1: you hate is the same thing you say every single day. Oh, yeah. You I apologize that yeah. Oh. 20 times a day mm-hmm. for absolutely nothing. Yeah. For nothing.
2: I literally told my therapist that. And she told me that the next time that someone says I'm sorry to me or, like, to, like, you know, please forgive me, I don't have to say it's okay. All I can say is thank you for that and move on.
0: Okay. Yes. Thank that's me. That. That's yes. what goes on in my head. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I never knew that.
2: You know, I, I never thought I had to say thank you for that. I Like, all I thought was like, oh, it's okay. It's fine. Let's move on. You don't
0: have to console an apology. Thank oh, you. Oh, I love that. Thank you. You don't have to feed back into it. You don't have to keep going in the circle. Right there, they cut it. Bam. Sorry. Done. Yes. Well, that's me. I detach. But...
2: Y- you do. 100%. I do.
0: 100%. But
1: I can't agree with that, too. Because... We're human. We get to a certain point. So when there's intention behind the 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 chaos, when there's like when there's intention, there is
0: intention behind the hurt because technically you're hurting someone in whatever way.
1: Then I will dismiss you from my life. And so I didn't go through that with my parents. Yeah, I didn't have any nothing. I can't even remember. I had none. Zero. Do you guys feel like you hold
0: grudges? Yes. Because I feel like holding a grudge is very different than, obviously, like, dismissing. So you can tell yourself, yeah, I don't care anymore. But, like, inside, are you still holding that grudge against that person or that thing? Yes. Yes. So you haven't forgiven. This this one... This goes back to... (laughs) No, that's what I'm saying. I'm speaking in general. Like, if you're still holding that grudge 10 years later, you have not forgiven yourself or the person or the thing.
2: But you are, like, the key, like... (laughs) <laughs> like literally like, like you want like the key like concept of just like you know like you hold grudges but no 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 you hold grudges to a point and then after that you're just like you don't care anymore the because, next like, morning yeah, I'm like I'm chilling yeah you hold to, like <clears> a certain <throat> and
0: after that you're just like give me 24 I, hours
2: okay I, I know I'm probably gonna get shit for this so I'm sorry but like I admire you so much for being able to like forgive your exes and like still manage to try to be cordial or civil with them if I see my exes I'm running them over it's that- <laughs> <laughs> but you're like I, I think about it sometimes I'm like how does she do that like I could never yeah. never
0: do that and let me tell they've done some harsh and they harsh dogged things. you out <laughs> <laughs> they've done some harsh things but honestly I think it's just my detachment style Yeah. I and obviously I'm not gonna get into it but like they have hurt me in many ways and not even just exes like friends family etc mm-hmm. but I I don't hold grudges I never have and I feel like you know I'll I'll process what happened, how they hurt me. I'll probably cry it out. I might not even argue back. I might not even curse them out because it's not really me. I think I just kind of like cry it out, sit with myself, forgive in silence, whatever you guys call it. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of just like detach myself from that person. But I will say, and you guys know this, time needs to happen. Like time Mm -hmm. needs to go by before I can be cordial, before I can be like, oh, you know what? It's okay. Like I can unblock them. I'm fine. Like... The next morning, I'll be fine. I won't be mad anymore. I have forgiven myself and the situation. That doesn't mean I'm going to go talk to you, like, a week later. I need time. A few years. Like, time needs to pass by for me to fully be okay, I guess. But that doesn't mean that that entire time that it's eating me alive. Like, I do not care. I will detach out of sight, out of mind, like Juliana Mm -hmm. said, and that's it. Like, I'm I'm done with it. That is a superpower, Miss Girl. But they will never—no, you know what it is? I will never allow someone to affect me that much. Yeah.
1: Agreed. Mm-hmm. But like there's one person that is in my life where a part of me wants to forgive but it's hard to forgive because they're right there yeah. all the time. Present. And
0: and and I can't detach as
1: much as I want
0: to. So it's like But it's also because of the role that person plays in your surroundings.
1: Yes, but it's the worst thing in the world. It is. Oh my god. But like this even is why the way that they yourself. breathe. Even the way they breathe. Oh
0: Jesus. <laughs> but this is why forgiving is for yourself is so meaningful to you because mm-hmm. that is the only way you'd be able to cope with their existence.
1: Yeah. It's like I'm conflicted with with anger, with trying to feel forgiveness with um just like so many different things that make it impossible to navigate through that.
0: Yeah. Girl, the touching is great. I know. But anyways, it must be.
2: So I think that with everything that we just talked about right now, I definitely think that maybe we should get like a little personal with like certain things so that that way that people can relate. Mm-hmm. You know, we all have different things that we can talk about that people can relate to or just talk about or just be like, oh, yeah, you know, that makes sense. So um, I guess with me, something that I guess can tie into like, you know, um, the forgiveness part, the self-healing part and the guilt part was um you know my dad um you know as many people know or don't know my dad got sick at a very early age at the age of 39 um he was diagnosed with parkinson's disease uh because of a car accident um so For a very, very long time, a very long time, I was so angry at my dad, like so angry at him. Like even if he breathed the wrong way or even if he like dropped the pen the wrong way, like me sacaba de quicio. Like I was just like, I can't like I would get so mad at him and I would sit down myself and just like, why am I mad at him? Like, it's not his fault that he's sick. Mm -hmm. It's not his fault. You know, it's not his fault that he can't walk. It's not his fault that he can't do a lot of things. It's not his fault that we got evicted. You know, there's certain things that, you know, that we couldn't avoid, you mm-hmm. know? Um so for a very, very long time, I would just get so mad at him, mad at my mom, mad at everybody, until, you know, I think I started reflecting a lot of things that, you know, as you get older, you started reflecting on life. And you know, just like, you know, you can't hold on that grudge to that person when they did nothing wrong to you mm-hmm. for them to accept the rest like the the repercussions of your anger. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I finally let go of and I, and I grieve the person who my dad was because I think that was another part I was so angry at him. I grieved who he was. I know that he is no longer coming back, you mm-hmm. know. the From the, the time I was born until like I was like 12 years old, that person is not coming back. And mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. And the person that I have now, the new dad that I have now, same person, just a different
0: version, a, of, a him. version
2: of him. I cannot see myself without him. Right. Mm. You know, if my dad stayed the way that he was, never had the accident or never had whatever it is... Would you have this I supreme relationship? I would never have a relationship with my dad. And I told him that so many times. And I tell my family that I would never have a relationship with my dad because of how horrible he was as a person. But now the person that he is now so fragile, so nice, so caring, so wonderful, so full of life... You've grown to even love him even Even when the life more. was sucked out of him, mm-hmm. I grew to love him so much more, and I cannot see myself away from him. And this is the person that I don't have to forgive because he gave me back something that was taken away from me.
0: Right. Yes, yeah. well said. And speaking of family, since you mentioned your dad, I think I want to quickly touch on just family in general. Like, you guys know I am my family's manager, secretary, uh, <laughs> IT bank. IT <tech>, everything. <laughs> so I feel like a lot of times, and they, you guys know how I said career is like a big percentage of my life. I feel like family is too because they are literally my life. And I really do struggle, and I always have and still do with saying no to my family, right? Yeah. So, with that being said, if they need me to come over and do something or something so simple like a task, take them somewhere. Like, it eats me alive to say, hey, I'm busy. Hey, I can't do that. Even if it's because I just want to sit home and watch TV, I will literally sit there and it eats me alive to say no, knowing that I'm actually not doing something else. But, like, why do I feel like that? Why do I feel like I owe them? everything and like I get it obviously I'm here because of them but it just like I really still ask myself that question every day and I haven't found the answer because I I still do it I still can't say no like my dad this morning he was like hey like are you coming on Sunday to like hang out and like see us like how was vacation and I'm like yeah dad like I don't know maybe but in my mind I'm like I just want to be home I just want to do laundry but I can't tell my dad no dad I'm not doing it like in that moment I can't do it. So I guess that's an open-ended question, and maybe someday I'll get an answer. But to this day, that guilt is the one thing that I just... It eats you alive. It does, and I can't undo it.
1: Yeah. And I think I can relate to what Diana had said before with grieving a person that is alive. Um, So I feel like it would hurt less if the, the thing that is hurting you was outside of their control, but tying it back to what you said before, when there's intention behind it, um, and when they're unwilling to see their fault and see what they actually caused you, Mm -hmm. then it's hard to accept it for what it is. So that is why, um, I don't know, I feel like that's kind of like where, what I felt um, most recently, just knowing like, when do you give up? When do you just like, just like, I guess the bigger question
0: is, can you give up?
1: I have no idea. I feel like you have. I have, but it doesn't mean that it it doesn't hurt. It doesn't sting. Speaking it
0: and feeling it are two different things. Yes. Yes. I feel like she can speak it with a lot of things that she does, Mm -hmm. but deep down, people still feel it. You still feel it. Oh, every single day. So I guess the
1: question is... But still, life is great.
0: Oh, here she goes (laughs) with her little two-piece fingers. Life is great. This is... This isn't this is everything. Right, yeah. But speaking of life, let's move into the rule of life. So, this is my favorite
1: part always. <laughs> I know it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, this week's rule of life is when you can't control what is happening, take control of the way you respond to what's happening.
0: Yes. I can't snap. Snap, but. snap. I can Snap. <laughs> anyways guys I think this was an amazing episode so I think we're gonna end things here yes um, it's been real
2: thank you all so much for listening thank you all so much for supporting us we truly are very appreciative of everything um, one thing that I think we just wanted to talk about real quick is that um, if you guys are on um, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your um, podcast from um, I know we've been told that our season one hasn't been um playing so we are currently in the works of that so don't worry it's coming so you guys can go back to our episodes and you know relate to whatever we talked about and with that being said we will see you guys next time thank you all for joining and tuning in (laughs) bye guys Bye. Bye. bye